0: Welcome back to Talk LD Podcast. Great to have you with us. Today's episode, we've got Mark Gilroy, who is the CEO of TMSTi. I'm so excited to have him on the podcast, talking all things psychometrics, profiling, and self-awareness. What is it and how can we build more of it? If you enjoy this podcast or any of our podcasts, please rate and review us. It helps other people find us. I hope you enjoy, enjoy today's episode. Happy listening. To Talk L D. Here we are for episode 11 And we have a guest with us today. I'm very excited to welcome Mark Gilroy. He is um, a business psychologist, executive coach, psychometric specialist, and the CEO of TMSDI. Um, and TMS Development International was established in 1980 by, by Dr. Charles Marjorie. Um, Mark will tell me if I've got that right. Um, and Dr. Dick McCann. And Team SDI offer a range of accreditation programs to give learning and development prof- professionals the knowledge, com- confidence to help people achieve their potential and add real value. Um, and I've actually used these profiles, Team um, SDI. So people might have heard of things like DISC, but Team SDI is, is a profiling tool and it's fantastic. It's a lot of fun to work with as a facilitator and a coach with individuals and teams. Um, and I, I, love, I love facilitating with this. So it's fantastic to have Mark on. Um, and so we wanted to have Mark on the show today to talk about profiling and psychometrics as they are a really useful tool in coaching and leadership, leadership development. And there is an increasing range of profile tools um, available. I keep hearing about more and more. I'm like, how many more do we need? Um, so let's, it'd be great to find out more about what profiling and psychometrics are all about and has Mark being an expert. Um, we've gone to have plenty of opportunity to explore it. So Mark, to get started, um, it'd be great if you could tell us a little more about you and how you ended up working in the field of coaching, profiling and psychometrics, over to you.
1: Thank you so much, Louisa. What a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you for inviting me. Um, well, a little bit about me. I guess that was a lovely introduction. Thank you very much. I, and I guess um, my the only thing I would add to that is is when people ask me what I do, because it's very difficult to describe what you do in this <laughs> field. I don't know if you find this. Um, I, I just say I'm a professional psychology geek. I think I I, I am <laughs> I I'm so um, into the world of understanding human behaviour, understanding how we think about each other, ourselves, and I will happily geek out about all of that with anybody for hours and hours and hours um, to their to and my heart's content. Um, and, and that really led me to, to this company TMSDI about 16 years ago. I was studying psychology here in York and um, we did a case study one day on this um, interesting looking profile called the team management profile and how it was being used in the prison service here in the UK. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This kind of goes beyond the sort of stroky beard theories of, of uh, many a psychological principle and actually kind of into something really practical and where you can see how it impacts people's lives and how it um, really helps improve people's lives as well. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll find out a bit more. And I looked, the, looked at the company, found they were based in York, which is where we're studying, uh, they're headquartered here. And um, I thought, oh, that's gotta be, that's gotta be a coincidence. Um, that's got to be some you know some some signs from the universe that this is something that's meant to be so I got in touch with them and said can I come and work for you please and um very um fortunately they said yes
0: Amazing. <laughs> so that was so Amazing. That 16 years
1: ago um and uh, yeah sort of I, I spent a lot of time working uh, you know in different areas of the business including and um, of course learning and development and coaching and facilitation and yeah more, more recently joining the board and, and uh, now fulfilling the role of managing director. So it's been a really interesting journey. And then you mentioned about coaching in psychometrics. So I've got a bit of a, um, a guilty confession to admit on that front. So I think for many, many years, I described myself as using psychometrics as coaching when actually in in more recent years, I discovered that actually it wasn't coaching at all. What I was really doing was doing debriefs sort or of feedback. Um, coaching is is its own little animal in its own right and it's own an incredibly powerful tool for, for working with um, personal development. Um, so yes, my my journey into sort of coaching psychometrics was almost a little bit back to front. So I, I I've been using many psychometrics for years, probably. You know 12 14 years now um and only probably in the last few years i i, I kind of furthered my coaching practice and um wow. and have completed various qualifications in that field
0: well, that's really interesting isn't it because normally people go the other way around they go coaching mm. then psychometrics. so that's quite interesting that you did it that way around um do you know what i love about that though just a great example um, my mum used to say to me if you don't ask you don't get oh, and yeah. i think that's fantastic just you found a company that you just like the sound of and you just went and approached them and asked them if they had a job and I think that's just absolutely gold wisdom for any people out there or any young person that's like I want to work for this company just go ask and even if it's not that moment in time at least that you know you've put it out there that you're interested and I think um, being proactive like that is a really valuable life tool actually.
1: Yeah and and hey I'm not supposed to I'm not trying to make myself out to be something special here but um, I was told at the time that no one had ever done it
0: oh wow and
1: since i've been in the company no one has ever done that and i'm always amazed by that and go it's such a simple thing to do but if, like, if you come across a business that you think is an interesting one that seemed like you might be a fit for what's the worst that can happen they say no they say no and you yeah. can move on to something else
0: and look here you are tell, tell 16 years later you're the ceo Managing director i mean living the dream right there amazing
1: <laughs> a very fortunate dream yeah, yeah
0: amazing um so actually I just want to pick up so you said that they were using TMSTI in the prison service was that with the prison officers or was was it with with prisoners because that's people probably wouldn't think of profiling and think of it in that kind of a context so yeah
1: profiling is often well different types of profiling is often used prisoners but yeah but in in this context the case study that we were working on was with the staff and the people who were running the prison particularly the management team there
0: yeah amazing Mm. but it's great to see like in that kind of environment that well, you can use it anywhere, as we're going to find out. Um, so you you mentioned a bit about um, about coaching um, and a bit about psychometrics, but for people that don't know what psychometrics are, how could you explain it to them? What it, what are psychometrics for the somebody that maybe hasn't much experience of it?
1: So psychometrics is a science um, first and foremost, and it's generally seen to be the science of measuring mental capacities and processes. That's quite a broad church, as you can imagine. And it's it's got two arms there already, capacities and processes. Um, And um, a lot of people's first experience of that word of psychometrics often comes in the recruitment cycle. So that's around the capacity piece where people are measured around things like verbal reasoning or um, numerical reasoning or logic, that type of thing. And that is a particular branch of psychometrics. There's another even broader branch of psychometrics, which is about sort of understanding your mental processes and behavior mm-hmm. things like values things like um preferences which which you know you you're familiar with with our yeah. tools um and so yeah it's uh it's a broad church that can be applied to many things but but it is about understanding what's going on inside
0: going on inside our heads mm. <laughs> gotta be quite scary sometimes um yeah brilliant thank you very much for explaining that hopefully that'll be um help people shine a light on that so um When we talk about coaching and leadership development, we often talk about raising someone's self-awareness and obviously psychometrics can help with that. But when we talk about self-awareness, what does that actually mean? Um, And what does it look like in reality? What does it mean to be self-aware?
1: Oh, yes. We could talk the whole (laughs) podcast
0: on this. This is huge. I know, just a a small question, Mark. Just a small question.
1: (laughs) So when you ask that question, there's a lovely quote that springs to mind, which is from a very famous coach and is often seen as the father of coaching, which is um, Sir John Whitmore. Oh,
0: yes. Good old John Whitmore.
1: And he, um, one of his many quotes is that um, that I am aware of, I can control. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That I am unaware of can control me. Yeah. So um, I really like that. I think that really resonates in in the in the context of self-awareness, that it's about. Helping bring elements of who you are and who, how you are perceived by other people into your own circle of control.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like Johari's window, isn't it? You have absolutely. The, so there's this little diagram, and you have like the the visible self with self. You know, you know, and you're quite happy for people to see, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the self that maybe you can't see, but other people. So if you got feedback, you'd be like, you might be like, what? Do that, and it's like, uh, yeah, you do. Um, and then you have the bit of the self that you keep to yourself, and it's your private self, so you might not really let maybe only a very few people. And then there's like, it's almost like the dark self, isn't it? That no one is so dark within us that no one would know about it. Um, which I'm always like, I find that really interesting, isn't it? That it's like, how can that exist if we don't know it exists and no one else knows it exists? It's just Mm. this dark, dark. When do we ever know that 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 bit of us exists? It's um. It's it's kind of really interesting. I think, do you know what? I think actually self-awareness, self-reflection this year has been quite a big theme and quite a big thing for quite a lot of people because yeah. people have had to sit with themselves in a way they've never had to before. And I think that has been quite difficult for some people that, you know, if you've lived in quite a fast-paced life and I think as humans, we can keep ourselves busy and we do like to numb, you know, binging on netflix drinking Mm. alcohol it's all things that ultimately it's a numbing technique sometimes so that we don't have to deal with ourselves or face ourselves um and i think there's that that's been something that i think might have been quite difficult for for many people have you come across that yourself this year in any coaching or any of the work that you've done
1: oh totally i think um yeah, yeah the idea of people having to sit with themselves for a much more extended period has been something that most people haven't had to, to worry about. And I guess within all of that, and this is this is kind of branching into the realms of philosophy, yeah. I have a bit of a personal challenge with talking about the self, because we're, t- we're talking about self-awareness. Yeah. There's there's a huge set of assumptions that's within all of that, which is that it's a it's a fixed thing mm-hmm. that you're trying to become aware of, whereas in reality, there we have many selves um the the person that you are today is different from the person that you were 10 years ago and it's probably going to be different from the person you are 10 years from now so if we're talking about self-awareness we have to be really clear about which self we're talking about Mm -hmm. um i I think um there's a self thinking about johari as well there's a self there's a version of myself that you see that i don't see and likewise i'm seeing a version of you that you maybe you don't see so if we're talking about that self, we can talk about awareness in that arena as well. So I think, um, I think the idea of the self is, as a fixed concept is something that for many people this year has been about kind of dismantling.
0: Yeah. And and yeah.
1: The, and really that we're we're all just jigsaw pieces that are being put together, and we never get to finish the jigsaw. But sometimes we get to see some of it.
0: Yeah. I think that's I think 100%. I often. Um, the onion, the onion analogy. Where I can. So you think, oh, I've done the work. Oh, I've worked on that. I've worked on that. Oh, I'm sorted. Oh no, I've worked on that. Let's peel another layer and another layer. And I Absolutely. think um you know, and it's that thing that once you've cleared, you know, you've worked on one piece of yourself, something else will emerge. But like you say, I think for, for me anyway, personally, I very much believe life is about learning and growing. So as you learn and grow, you're going to evolve. And I think you know I look back to the person I was a year ago and I think god I'm quite different now Um, and I think working in the field of learning and development the whole idea of supporting people with their learning and of their growing and, and evolving and I think it's accepting in yourself that what you maybe were like you know six months ago a year ago is is different but also for the people around you that you know you grow and evolve and I think that's sometimes where we can come across sort of hurdles is when we grow. Maybe people don't grow with us or they haven't grown at that rate or they like you in this particular, they like this particular part of you, but actually now they're seeing another part of you. And I think that that kind of constant evolving is, is a part of life. As life evolves, you're going to evolve. You know, if someone goes through a divorce, if someone goes through a redundancy, it's obviously that's going to have an impact on them. And actually, mm. what does that mean for the people around you? What does that mean for your work? you know, as we grow, is that job growing with you? You know, is that the time when it's, and you see it, don't you? Like, um, you know, the good old flow model of like stretch coasting. And actually you can see people that begin to get into bored. I I call them, I don't know if it's right, sometimes we call them organizational terrorists where they get a bit bored and then they want to get Mm -hmm. into mischief. But it's really important to understand where your team members are at because if you let them get into boredom for too long, you'll either lose them they can get into mischief in your company um Mm. and I think you know it's important that's why I think learning development is such a growing field isn't it because people are growing I think there's these sort of say millennials a massive part of thing that really drives them is knowing that um they're going to have opportunities to grow and I know where I work that's one of the biggest things people want to know that they're going to have career opportunities and Mm. how are we going to develop them and I think that's really great actually I think that's a really great it's a really exciting time to be in a world where people are actually interested in in their self-development um because I think that can only help create a better world.
1: It does and I think yeah get, can we, just building on what you're saying there I think we'll see that being mirrored in the way people look at careers as well I think mm-hmm. the idea of having a career for life you know and that becomes part of your identity part of yourself is, is quite an old-fashioned concept now. Mm. Um, and it, it will be entirely expected of, um, of people, and certainly in this generation of work who are entering the world of work and, and, and the ones that will join the workplace subsequently, that they will have portfolio careers. Yeah. And that might mean hopping and skipping around lots of different career paths. And that's totally fine.
0: Yeah. Whereas I
1: think for people, certainly with my parents' generation, that will be considered very unusual mm. and uh, almost like a wasted time in some way by constructing this other version of yourself as part of your career.
0: Yeah, interesting, interesting. When actually you think having a portfolio career and actually learning about different careers and getting all more experience with different people, that actually broadens your mind. And I think Mm. the more experiences we have with different types of people is how we break down barriers and break down walls. And if we Mm. look at what's happened in the world this year with things like Black Lives Matters, you know, the more experience we get of different types of people of how people end up in situations you know I'm really fortunate before I came into learning development I worked for charities for 10 years and I worked with refugees I worked with homeless people I worked with people with addiction issues and you know I came out of uni at 22 and I was just on the front line of seeing people in some of the worst situations and I feel really privileged now because I think it really taught me a lot about people and about life and everybody has a story no one just you know I've, I've done peace work um around preventing violent extremism it's like no one wakes up one day and decides they're going to be a terrorist no one wakes up one day and decides they're going to be homeless no one wakes up one day and is just an addict there's a journey and there's a story and you know I look at a lot of the people I worked with and I think if they'd had support at the right time um you know some people have had really difficult childhoods and you think if they'd have a different childhood how different could their life have been and I think the more we experience and hear people's stories i think that's the better the world can be because we we it, it gives you more empathy i think and it mm-hmm. that is so important especially in today's world with everything that's going on so i think portfolio careers are potentially a great thing for humanity really because we just gain that more understanding of different the different worlds that people live in even though we're one world everyone has their own you know this in coaching we talk about getting into the, that person's map of the world um and I think that the more diverse our experiences the more maps we can see and then you're more able to see through other people's eyes um and I think that's really really important got, got a bit of philosophical there I, as well I don't know, and
1: I it's so funny because I was just about to say exactly the same thing it's about mental models and it's about maps of the world mm. and, and self-awareness is about understanding not only your map other people's and, and together how those maps intertwine is, um, and through something like Black Lives Matter, that, that's exactly where you see that happen, where you're seeing people's maps lay bare yeah. and seeing this is, this is an entirely different way of, of seeing how the world works and how people revolve in, the, in that world. Um, I think one of, the th- one of the challenges with self-awareness, other than that, that piece around, you know, it, it's not a fixed concept, uh, the self, is that you can never be 100% self-aware. And we kind of have to let ourselves off on that. It's human nature is that we almost see that as a desired goal and and at some point we'll attain it, but that will never happen because it is so dependent on other things. It's dependent on us being able to see things from other people's perspectives, us being able to construct other maps and models of the Mm. world. And that's just um, a really, very difficult thing to do based on the way that we are wired and the intrinsic biases that we all carry around with us.
0: Yeah, yeah very true. Actually, do you know, as we're talking, it's kind of um, the maps of the world. I actually can see having facilitated TMSTi can help you see through other people's maps of the world when you do it as a team day. So, um, Mark, could you explain a little bit more about what I mean by how, how can um, profiling help you? build self-awareness, but also help you see other people's, maybe step into other people's um, map, sort of world maps, if you like.
1: Yeah, I guess um, one of the great things about the branch of psychometrics that we're involved with, which is about development and personal development and, and understanding behaviour and the deeper motivations behind behaviour, is that um, they come with them all kinds of frameworks and languages that are pretty universal actually, yeah. um, and they're not personal. So whereas if you and I have been working together for ages and, and I'd observed your behavior, I might have given it all kinds of different labels that are loaded based on my um, maps and models and, then, and how I see you operating in my world. Whereas actually what, what psychometrics can offer is a really objective way of um, explaining that person's behavior in a different context, using a different map and a different model. Um, and through that, both people, or an entire team can reach a heightened level of self-awareness.
0: Yeah, and um, what would you kind of, what kind of things would you do with the team that you were you were working with to help them see that, help them do that? What kind of things? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, it's um, it's a great thing. that You, you kind of when you were describing it as a map um we do actually create a kind of map in a room yeah, when, you know back in the good old days when we could get it back into a you know a room physically with people you can map out a set of preferences a work preferences and say well you know this is this is where i am this is how i'm seeing you and i can see you're actually way over there quite a distance from me and in order to meet in the middle we've got to actually take some huge strides in order to mm-hmm. see where um where we can connect and link
0: yeah
1: and that's enormously powerful of insight when when you can actually um, physically represent that for somebody and they can see it for themselves and have a language to then finally articulate this is maybe why we either a have had a challenge working together or maybe b why we work really well and we've been able to complement each other with those different approaches so it, it is all about um, trying to do that. And of course you can do that virtually too. So it's, yeah. I think as, as many people have discovered this uh, this year, all of that facilitation work, that great facilitation work of helping people get into conversations about self and identity and mental models and maps through using psychometrics yeah. is something that can be achieved really um, simply yeah. through virtual platforms. And it, in many cases is um, even more important to do because there's so much more room for misunderstanding And misinterpretation through, you know, emails and direct messages and chats and even video conferencing, you lose so much um, Mm. context through that, that it's helpful to have extra data that can back up what you're feeling, hearing, seeing from somebody else.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, the only small part of our communication is language, but we don't often, we have to be reminded of that. Like, that's why text messages, when you get text messages, you're like, don't quite know how to read that one because you haven't got the tone, you've not got the body language, you've not got the eye contact. Um, but just on that, I, when I facilitate it, one of my favourite things, and you appreciate this, is when you go, right, the most extroverts on one side and the most introverts on the other side, and it's happened every single time, is the introverts just very quietly go get in line, very organized, and they're done within seconds. And then a couple of minutes later, you're still having to get the extroverts to get themselves together. Like, who, who's the most ext- And they're all chatting and they're all looking and they're like, then they're like a rabble and it happens every time. And then anyway, you finally get the extroverts sorted. And then you sit there and you're like, you'll go to the introverts and like, so what's it like to work with the extroverts? And they're like, well, as you can see, they just noisy and just want to be seen and want to be heard all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, the extroverts, I'm like, what's it like working with the introverts? And they're like, oh, well, they never say anything, do they? Like, why, why do you think that might be? How could we make the introverts come out of themselves a little bit more? And they're like, oh, maybe we need to give them a bit of space to talk. I'm like, yeah. Maybe. But it's just, I mean, really. simple thing but it's always just so fascinating what happens and i've done it quite a few times and it's always the same thing that happens as the introverts just get on with it very quietly and the extroverts have to make a song and dance about it but it's always so powerful to see them when they will look at each other opposite and actually i've seen managers stop and go i didn't realize you're an introvert Mm. oh my goodness i need to manage you differently because i'm expecting you to be like me and i've just had a light bulb moment where it's like I'm not actually playing, playing to your strengths and actually I need to think about things a little bit differently when I'm working with you and I think that's it's always great to see those like bold moments and people coming away just realizing actually it's not that they're intentionally trying to wind me up or they're intentionally doing that it's that we just how we communicate is a bit different so how can we meet in the middle and how can we use each of the strengths and and weaknesses because that's what makes a strong team, isn't it? Is having the strengths and weaknesses and then bringing them together to balance them out.
1: Absolutely. And I think um, one of the interesting aspects of that particular scale, things like extroversion, introversion at work, is that when you have a psychometric, you're really trying to get to the heart of what's going on under the surface because what, what often happens is people carry around these kind of masks that they wear um, that are based on skills and coping strategies and experience. Um, and sometimes it can be reversed. So a, a classic example, I, m- I remember working with a team where we did that exercise that you just described. So we got people to line up on a continuum yeah. of most extrovert preference to most introvert preference and a zero in the middle. Um, and the team's manager was the only person stood in the introvert spectrum, oh, wow. that scale. And on the team were gobsmacked. And what, what are you doing? What are you doing <laughs> over there? Come on, ch- check your profile, is that right? <laughs> And it was this huge kind of moment in the room where, where um, the manager just sort of saw, saw this as their moment and went, actually, yeah this, this is me. And, and, um, oh, wow. and what you don't know about me is that I work really, really hard to behave in the way that you all do wow. so that I can get the best from you. Um, and they were doing it so often. It, it was actually turning into a bit of a problem for them. It was really taking a lot from them in terms of energy. And so the team, to their credit, seized that and went okay right we that's not fair what can we do to support you and what can we do to make sure that you get a balance between um what you need out of your work versus what we need from you
0: wow what a beautiful moment
1: really uh, it's always stayed with me that that moment of realization and um and the the generosity and honesty that came through from suddenly having a language to describe something that was going on in this case for the manager and then being able to reveal something about themselves using that language back to the Jahari window. They were able to put that into that that window of where everyone can see it um, by describing it in that way.
0: Wow, yeah, I think that's such an amazing example of the power of when used well, the power of psychometrics and profiling, like what? I bet that that manager felt like literally he'd had like 10 stone lifted off him. that's yeah what amazing what an amazing experience but I think I've definitely seen that and I think that's the beauty using the right context of um in fact that leads me on to uh, another question for you actually like mm. obviously development um and that's where psychometrics is obviously really useful tool um you know so how so how can they how can psychometrics be helpful but also how can they hinder um, someone's development um, in terms of work, but also self-awareness. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think, I think we've talked quite a bit there about how they could be helpful and we could go on, couldn't we? We yeah, could go on at yeah. all kinds of stances. <laughs> what we haven't talked about is um, things like 360. Yeah. Now that's a, that's a branch of psychometrics where we're talking about um, not just taking your own perspective of how you are, by completing a questionnaire about yourself and getting a report back on the output, um, but actually having a group of people complete a set of um ratings about how they see you yeah. so that you can get back like, this really rounded heads the 360 title view of of who you are to them and come up with some development tips about how you manage all those different relationships i think when we're talking about self-awareness 360 is an incredibly powerful tool oh, yeah. um, and i've seen seen huge types of behavior change and, and lovely insights raised through people who are brave enough to engage with that type of process and it does require bravery
0: yeah um it also does you also need the right culture for it I've seen it Mm. I've seen it done in cultures that aren't an open learning culture and it 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 can be a disaster yeah I'm gonna say um but yeah 360s can be really powerful to have that direct feedback because like you say you don't always realize the impact of your behavior on somebody and then to have that broad from every angle um feedback for anyone that doesn't know what 360 is it's where you would maybe send out reports or questionnaires to a manager's set of direct re- direct reports and then people that um they report into and it, so you just get this complete overall picture and it would be same set of questions and then they answer the questions and then a report is written and giving to that person about the feedback that people um, have given about the way they manage and the way they lead Um, and think Mark said it can be a really powerful tool for people to stop and reflect Um, but it can also bring up a lot of stuff particularly if things have come up people weren't aware of it can be quite Mm. difficult which is why it needs it needs to be done in quite the, the sort of facilitator for it really needs to be quite skilled in how they they give that feedback and how they manage it
1: yeah, and I think this that's probably a nice bridge into talking about hindrances because it, I, I've heard some horror, you know, real horror stories of 360s being just given to people and then they go away and have to digest and process all of that themselves. And it, you're right, it, it can be really damaging and, and, and undo a lot of the work that was intended to be done. Mm. And because what I mean, if somebody has a bad experience like that and they get some surprises, maybe they get some negative feedback um, in that process the likelihood of them ever wanting to do anything like that again and put themselves in that position mm. of vulnerability is going to be so low and it will, you know, it will, it will affect them for some time and they will require a lot of putting back together
0: to do that. Yeah. Um, I've also seen it where yeah. they've um, got that negative feedback and they've gone on a rampage with the team yeah. and, and it's, oh, it was, um, yeah, not good, <laughs> not good for anybody. And that trust, trust is so important. It comes back to that culture of trust with 360s of, um, you know when people are given that feedback they need to feel safe when they're given that feedback but then that person to understand you know you're we're giving you this feedback for you to work on not to go back and <laughs> give it to your team um yeah. but yeah it's uh, it's 360s are an interesting one an interesting yeah. one they are
1: so, yeah. And I, I guess another another possible hindrance there, and, and this is linked to 360, I suppose, but it's linked to all psychometrics too, mm. is that when you get a report back, it's all about you, it's got your name on it, and it starts uncovering messages about you, some of which you might have known, and they just it just presents it in a slightly different frame, or some of which maybe might be news to you. Um because it's there in black and white, I think there's a tendency to instantly perceive that as truth. Mm. And I'm always really careful with with, suggest, with that suggestion to people when we're working with psychometrics, particularly 360, which often has kind of charts and graphs and yeah. numbers in there. When you start to see that, we are conditioned to see that as facts yeah. and truth and absolutes. Whereas re- in reality, in, in almost all cases, we're looking at a series of perceptions, whether it's self-perception or a group of people's perceptions. That's all it is. Yeah. It's important information and it's important data, but it's just perception. And it's on us then, in terms of improving our self-awareness to make a choice to challenge those perceptions. It is our choice. We can choose to do nothing and those perceptions will probably remain the same, or we can choose to take some action and change some aspect of our behavior or our relationship with somebody. And then we might see those perceptions adjust and and our own self-awareness increase as a result
0: yeah interesting oh, definitely um well it's like everything isn't it it's all how we think about the world how we act mm-hmm. it's all about our um perceptions actually just sort of thinking about hindrance sort of hindrances have you ever i've seen it when people have read their profiles when they've got a profile and they haven't liked it have you mm-hmm. ever come across that and how sort of what do you do in that scenario when someone's reading the profile? Or I've had people go, well, I didn't answer the questions correctly. And I was like, well, why did you, do, you, you just ruined your own development by not answering the questions correctly. But yeah, quite interesting when you see somebody that will read we it go, I don't like it. But that, that's not me.
1: So, okay, a couple of thoughts on that. The first one is, um, one of the problems with psychometrics in general is that there are so many of them around, and there are so many of them that are freely available that have no kind of research basis at all. Um, And it's really tempting to use them because they might open a conversation, wouldn't that be great? But actually, if you unravel all of that, and they're working on false data or incorrect data or something that's really not theoretically proven chances are it's going to be a waste of time at some stage. And you might end up with a situation like that, where somebody reads a profile about themselves and they go, well, that's not me. I don't recognise that. And yeah. you've instantly got, you've got an objection and an obstacle to overcome into getting into that conversation about, oh, you know, how is this going to work within yourself awareness and your personal development, professional development? So I think there's, there's a real issue there about selecting tools that have, and research and rigor and evidence-based and robustness, as well as utility, it's a really important piece to get right there. Um, but in terms of the kind of my experience with some of the TMS tools, um, which do have really you know thirty-plus years worth of research yeah. to underpin them, which is great. Occasionally, you do get that, that response, and I always see that as an as a a really good excuse um, to get into the feedback space. So, for example, if somebody said that, my first reaction would be. Fine, um, you know, it's a computer-generated report. There are lots of different variations, but chances are there are more different types of people in the world than there are versions of this particular computer-generated report. Um, so that's okay, don't expect to okay. disagree with every, you know, with agree with everything hundred um, percent. I'm really interested in what you didn't see about yourself there, can you tell me more about that? And instantly that's, you're into the coaching space of what, did you say? what didn't you see, what didn't you recognise? Another re- another recommendation I have to make to people when they're reading their profiles is um, just kind of, you know, annotate them and put yeah. ticks in the margin, um, highlight passages they really resonate with and really agree with. And likewise, if there's something they don't agree with, maybe put a cross next to it or cross it out. Um, but only if they have spoken to someone else in the group yeah. or one of their colleagues, peers, boss, etc., and checked it out with them and say well I'm not sure I see myself here what do you think can you see any of this and then some, you may well find that there's a, a a nice dialogue to happen there that wouldn't otherwise have happened where they go actually yeah you do that all the time the, I, c- I can't believe you wouldn't you wouldn't see that about yourself <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's, um, it, it's always an opportunity to start a conversation I would say yeah.
0: and um, you're interesting actually one um one of the people that I've seen at, it was at the start of a the day they didn't agree with it and by the end of the day I was like how are you feeling about it now? He's like, actually, now we've gone through the days, like, I actually kind of do agree with it. And I was like, all oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it was also because the, that particular team were quite heavy on, um, which they were heavy, uh, organized thrusters and he wasn't, he was on the other side. So I think mm. there was a bit of vulnerability there of not being um, like everybody else. Yeah. Um, but actually equally, I, you know, as we went through those, like, this is really important because you're all here. So it's great that you've got somebody who is a bit different that you can maybe go to. Um, so actually we've talked talking a little bit about TMSTI. Do you want to tell us a bit more about TMSTI and particularly kind of how it came to be, you know, cause I think sometimes some people can say that, um, with a, sort of some profiling, it's not scientifically based, but I know that TMS- you know there has been research that has gone into this but also it is such a fantastic tool tell us a little bit more about it and the lovely bright colorful wheel obviously we can't show people um, i can put an image up on um, on on the website page but uh, the lovely visual that goes with tmsdi as well tell us a bit more about it and how it works mark
1: i think one of the one of the coolest things about um one uh, of our flagship tool which is called the team management profile um is that it was developed by two minds. The first mind was a psychologist. Well, actually two psychologists really, but uh, one was an educational psychologist. The other one was actually started off as an engineer. So you've got these two very um, complementary approaches of kind of constructs and engineering of putting together models and frameworks that make sense, plus um, the psychological aspect of how can we get across a language that connects with people and that allows people to not just answer a question of well aren't we all different and isn't that interesting but what can we do about it mm. so what how are we going to change our project team as a result of this how are we going to leverage that understanding and I think that's one of the beauties of that particular framework is that it's it was developed not as a theoretical tool but a practical applied tool yeah it so happens that it has research that backs it up as well
0: yeah um it's really effective tool when you're looking at high performing teams actually that's uh sort of most of my delivery's been delivering how to be a high-performing, high-performing team. Um, so obviously you are TMSTI representative, but I'm gonna throw a question out there. Obviously that we've talked that there's quite a lot of different psychometrics and profiling tools. You know, there's Myers-Briggs, there's DISC, there's Insights, there's TMSDI, Just to name a few, like I say, I'm like, all the time people are going, have you seen this? Have you seen this? I'm like, how many more do we need? Um, so there's new ones emerging. What tips can you offer around picking a tool that's most appropriate for for someone in their development what's a good way to sort of um yeah pinpoint a one that's good for somebody okay
1: so I'm what I'm going to say is going to sound like a bit of a (laughs) cop-out so I'm going to just caveat that but but I think it's a really important I think it's a really important starting point which is start with your intention not the tool Ah,
0: yes yeah
1: um, there are great, you know, there's a whole series of great tools out there, and um, they are, each of them are helpful for particular applications. And what tends to happen is that I think we as facilitators, as, as practitioners, we get really attached to the ones that we like, but, yeah. you know, that we have our, our favourites and we have our preferred tools, and that's only natural. And what sometimes that, what that sometimes means is that we have a tendency to kind of work those in to certain situations. Um, regardless of whether or not they're they're the best fit or the, the most appropriate tool for the job so I think rather than starting with the favorites actually starting with what do we need to try and achieve with this tool and then working backwards from there is yeah a good, that's, good starting point
0: that's a great in fact just the intention is always a great a great place to start with any form of development and coaching isn't it what's your intention for this I think you know is it is it it should always be about what's for the highest good of that person that you're developing, as opposed to you. So I think that's a really valid point, Mark.
1: Yeah. yeah. How is this tool going to serve your intention, um, and serve you as well as a practitioner? Mm-hmm. Um, like, you said, like we've talked about, you know, there are there are situations where sometimes if the culture's not right, but the tool mm. is, that's still not going to be the best fit. So it's about having all of those things aligned
0: yeah brilliant love that Mark so I'm just going to do a little summary because we've talked about quite a lot of different things here it's been amazing I really loved it so we've talked all about um self-awareness and Johari's window there's sort of parts of ourselves that we can see other people see our private selves the dark depths of ourselves that nobody sees <laughs> um, and how sort of psychometrics can be a helpful tool in our in our development to reflect on how people perceive perceivers our perceptions of ourselves but also as a team in building building teams helping teams communicate and understand each other's strengths and weaknesses to become a stronger, a stronger team. Um, And then we just, you know, have just discussed about how to pick sort of a good tool for you. And that's all about your intention. What do you want to achieve? And then matching that with the tools. uh, so some really rich hopefully people have got some things from that so just conscious of time now because me and Mark are geeks we could chat forever on this for a couple, couple more questions I understand you have a great parable about self-awareness in relation to the elephant and the turtle I'd love to hear more about this
1: oh yeah elephants and turtles yeah yeah Could go on about those for days. Um, So this is just a warning with (laughs) self-awareness. This is is a warning story, a a story of caution. If you're getting into the space of uncovering layers of self-awareness, thinking about your onions. um, uh, This is a, yeah, this is an ancient Indian parable, but I always always try and have it in mind if we're getting into the space around, you know. I want to improve my self-awareness. I want to understand more about myself. Because, um, and, and the story goes like this. So a boy um, walks up the mountain to uh, have a word with the wise old sage. And because it's an ancient Indian story, of course, the sage is a man, of course. <laughs> um, hashtag patriarchy. Um, uh, nevertheless, the, um, the boy asks the old sage, he says, well, um, great sage, what does the world sit upon and the sage thinks for a minute and says well um the world uh, sits upon the back of an enormous elephant and the boy sort of nods and goes oh great okay and then he thinks for a while and says what well, great sage what does that elephant stand upon so the sage comes straight back and says well that that elephant sits and stands on the back of the most enormous turtle so the boy thinks again and says oh, well, What about that turtle? What does that turtle sit on or stand on? And the sage comes straight back and says, well, that turtle sits on the back of an even larger turtle. So the boy's getting a bit frustrated now and says, hang a minute, but what about that turtle? What does he... (laughs) And then the sage jumps in and says, hey, hey, I'll stop you there. It's turtles all the way down. Um, (laughs) And I think sometimes when we're getting into this space of looking at ourselves, and asking questions about what's what's going on there or mm. why is that happening, um. It can just be turtles all the way down, yeah, can't it? Um, yeah. all of that navel gazing. So I think it's important to bring ourselves up to that
0: yeah. that
1: space of um. Where, where, at what point is this useful, or yeah. at what points is stopping being useful when we're investigating about you know what's going on with our behaviour and in our kind of mental processes?
0: Yeah, no, definitely, you can get lost in it. It's about staying grounded as well, isn't it? staying Definitely, grounded in it it's great being lost here but what actually for what purpose at what point is it like have you achieved your purpose now i think that's i love that story i love a story so it's lovely. I sometimes share
1: that with my coaching clients and then and then if, if something comes up and, and occasionally they, they might say hang on a minute are we uh, is it just turtles all the way down from here <laughs> So it's, it. it's, a nice, it's a nice one to talk about when we're, you know, to stop us getting into that space.
0: Yeah, I love it. Um, so just three questions. Let's find three final questions we asked. We asked all our guests so far. So, what has been the biggest challenge of your, your career or your life, and how did you overcome it? Not a small question. Um,
1: I think my biggest challenge is is um, being seen as young.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Probably not so much these days. I'm, I'm a little older than I used to be, of course. Um, but I think certainly in my early career, I think I was often um, underestimated simply because of my age. And um, that's really tough.
0: Yeah. That's really
1: tough when you know that you can go- do a good job, but actually somebody's looking for somebody with, um, let's be honest, glasses and a beard. Uh,
0: interesting, yeah. isn't it, that? Because actually what I would think is, you would relate to a different type of people and a broader market. It's interesting, our last guest was a psychotherapist and she she went into psychotherapy quite young and she had a very similar experience to that actually. of I think that was her one of her biggest challenges was the fact that she was young. So that's kind of an, an interesting one, isn't it?
1: And I think with time, in terms of overcoming it, I discovered that it's actually a strength. And if you lean into it, you're starting from a position of strength because all you can do is disprove their estimations so if you can deliver that on that piece of work or that thing that you were being underestimated on you're automatically in you know in the great space so leaning into that is is i think you know from whatever position you're coming from whether it's a gender position or an age position or a race racial position i think um eventually being able to disprove somebody's model of you know what they what they may have estimated you as is 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 a good thing
0: it's almost like you want to say go ahead underestimate me that's fine
1: yes yeah bring it on of
0: course amazing um and what about what leader has inspired you and why
1: okay so this is going to sound like a bit of a cop-out answer as well sorry um never a
0: a cop-out is your true answer isn't it
1: so I really struggled thinking about this and I, and I thought about why did I struggle about it? And eventually it was turtles all the way down. Um, <laughs> and, but I eventually came back to, it's because I think we, we have a tendency to put leadership on a pedestal and pick out people and these amazing examples of um, company defining leadership or genre defining leadership, industry defining leadership. And really, if you look for it, there's leadership everywhere. Um, And I see it all the time, you know, whether it's a little, it's a moment of honesty in a meeting or somebody stepping up and taking responsibility or somebody stepping down and giving somebody else responsibility. That's all leadership to me. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we really um, would do well to, to -hmm. notice and recognize more examples of that.
0: Yeah, I think that's beautiful. In the
1: everyday space.
0: I think that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think this year probably more than ever is where we've seen leaders everywhere. You know, all the lovely things that people have, you know, we've seen done in the community. And I think think that's the thing that people don't realize. Well, firstly, you need to be a leader of your own life. You know, you can't lead somebody else till you lead yourself. Um, And then, you know, a leader is anybody that inspires somebody else. So if you're going out running every day and that inspires your neighbor, you're a leader. If your act of kindness inspires somebody to go do something, you're a leader and I, I I think that's actually a really beautiful answer Mark and I think that's an answer for our times right now because we need leaders everywhere not just I think if <laughs> anything we need leaders everywhere because I mean our government I know they're doing the best bless them but you know we can't I think and I think when you put leadership on a pedestal it disempowers you automatically and I think more than ever we need empowered communities and how do you have empowered communities it's by everybody stepping up and being the leader that they want to see I one of my favorite quotes is Mahatma Gandhi be the change you wish to see so if you're wanting to see something in the world are you showing up as that because actually if you're not showing up as that how can you criticize and I think that is one of my all-time favorite quotes. And I always reflect on it and be like, am I being that change that I want to see? And I think if everybody, if everybody was a the change they wanted to see, the world would just automatically be a much, much better place. So- um, Well said. <laughs> so I think that's, um, that's, in fact, that leads me nicely onto what do you think are the most important traits needed for leadership in today's world?
1: Oh, that's an easy one for me. I think it's just one. One for me is, okay. is, my, is my absolute number one, curiosity.
0: Oh, yes, yes.
1: Because if, you, if that, that as a trait comes with all these extra added elements that will lead to better things, it, it, it has assumptions about, I'm not an expert, that I can always learn more. Um, and that carries then with it a, a mindset and an attitude that is really contagious. I've seen this so many times in teams where you've got um, particularly a a leader with huge amounts of curiosity. It just leads through into all aspects of the culture of that team. And it's, it's, it's always a positive thing.
0: Amazing. Amazing. I love that. And then this is the last question. If you could give (laughs) one tip for for people to take away, to start developing their self-awareness now, what would it be?
1: Hmm. Okay, so I'll go really practical with this one. Earlier on, you were talking about a story of um, somebody who had a 360 and went on a rampage. (laughs) Um, So this tip is for for that kind of situation. We get really obsessed with the why question um, for all kinds of good reasons. Why is a really important question, but in the context of self-awareness, what is a much more interesting and practical question. So my tip would be ask what instead of why. So thinking about your example there, you know, you've got somebody on a rampage saying, why did you say this about me? How could you, you know, how could you possibly say that about me? Why would you, why would you put me in that position? It's not helpful, it's not useful, it's not going to progress anything. If you were to ask, well, what can I do differently to help challenge this perception of me? Or well, what can I do to do a better job? That's such a more powerful question. And it's going to give you really practical, actionable information that you can take away and apply
0: amazing amazing really good really good tip there mark you've been fantastic i've loved it love chatting to you today me too it's been amazing we could chat for ages Um, but before we go can you just tell people where also check out mark's instagram mark will tell you his instagram he does mark's monday facts they're fantastic i love it Uh Uh so where can people find you mark where can they find you on social media what's the website
1: so you find me on twitter i am that mark gilroy on twitter on instagram it's mark underscore tmsdi that's where the monday facts will be and then um, the company page you'll find us at www.tmsdi.com.
0: amazing thank you matt i will put all of those on our little on the on the web page for the for the podcast thank you so much matt it have been an absolute joy and i hope everyone's enjoyed enjoyed this uh, this podcast and tune in again soon for more all right bye thank
1: you bye